Mike White showed guts on Sunday, getting absolutely level twice, leaving the game and coming right back in and somehow, someway finishing out the Jets game in Buffalo. Unfortunately, it was not enough. A Michael Carter fumble, a Joe Flacco fumble, a CJ Mosley penalty, and the Jets fell to the Bills in snowy, rainy Buffalo, 20 to 12. Gangrene is now seven and six on the season will they still make the playoffs will zach wilson be activated as the backup for next week against the lions the jets have entered must win mode now jake ashman from espn 97.5 and the jake ashman show on youtube will co-host the show with me this week as we react to the loss and what lies ahead for these jets it's all coming up next on gangs all here from the new york post and it's presented by tri-state cadillac dealers Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to Gangs All Here, our New York Jets podcast from the New York Post. This episode of Gangs All Here is presented by Tri-State Cadillac Dealers. Be iconic. Visit your Cadillac showroom today. It's Jake Brown here alongside a guest co-host. You've heard him on the show before. He's filling in for under the weather, Brian Costello. It's not Mike and Mike. It's Jake and Jake. Jake Asman is in the building, a fellow Jets fan, the host of the Jake Asman Show on YouTube. Subscribe to his YouTube page. And if you're in Houston, you hear him there on ESPN 97.5 Houston, 3 to 7 Central. Jake, thanks for filling in, buddy. Glad to have you on the uh, full Jake and Jake experience. It's like a uh, Disney World ride they're about to get. <laughs> Jake, appreciate you having me and, and uh, sending my best to Kaz. I'm sorry to hear that he's feeling under the weather and hopefully he gets better soon. If you're not in New York, you're not. I don't think you're outside because everyone is sick. I'm still fighting a cold a little bit. Sound like a mini Squidward, but have your vitamin C and drink your tea. Speaking of tea, we'll sip on some tea as we talk Jets gossip from today. Because there are a lot of layers to tackle with this game. And the Jets lose to the Bills in Buffalo 20 to 12. They fall to seven and six. They got four games left on this playoff push. It was a difficult loss. There's four critical games coming. The season is not over. The sky is not falling. And I know the emotions of the show this season and of Jets fans. Jake, you would think it is with the way some fans do react game in and game out. But I saw a lot of encouraging signs today. And one of those encouraging signs is Mike White and his brass balls. I mean, this guy has pure guts. He's got cojones. And after that first hit to the ribs, and it happened in the second quarter, you're like, this dude, I mean, he's at least under the half, and they're going to examine him at halftime. He comes back in two plays later like nothing happened. You're like, how the hell is he back in this game that quickly? Then the third quarter comes. He gets sent into another area code, Jake. He gets absolutely level to the point you're thinking broken ribs, Back to Zach Wilson we go. Robert Sala was right. He's going back to Zach Wilson. Not the way we wanted. It's been fun. The Mike White experience is done for the year. The dude's brass balls. He comes back in in the fourth quarter and limping, having trouble getting up. Clearly, the ribs were bothering him. Leads him back in the game, 20-12. to 12. 
We'll talk about what happened next. But my first impression, Jake, of this game is that Mike White has a lot of guts that a lot of players, a lot of quarterbacks, you don't see. It's a guy fighting for his job, a guy fighting for his career, and a guy who put it all out on the line for the Jets today. And while they lost this football game, I love what I saw from Mike White. And he is my quarterback. If he can play, if he can walk, if he can get back home to MetLife, he did make the plane. He got checked at the hospital. You know, he was okay enough to fly. We'll see what comes next. We'll update you on Thursday's episode. But if Mike White is good to go, he's your quarterback next week. And I'm very encouraged what I saw from him. Well, well said. Uh, I mean, there's there's no reason to even think about making a change at quarterback. Barring injury, Mike White, in my opinion, is the quarterback for the rest of the way. You're not going to go back to Zach Wilson in the middle of a playoff race. Mike White is so far down on the list of, of issues for the Jets, why they lost today. I mean, you used the word balls, right? You used the word, you know, cojones. That's what we saw from Mike White today, taking hit after hit. He was pressured 21 times. I mean, he, he was sacked, I think, only three, but he got hit way more than that. I don't have the pressure stats up in front of me, but it was nasty, man. And the Jets offensive line should be ashamed of themselves. I mean, Mike White did everything possible to give this team a chance to win. And they just didn't give him a chance because of how poor the protection was around him. So no doubt. I mean, there were so many other things that contributed to this loss. Mike White's toughness, his resolve, uh, that was certainly in, in, incredible and needed. It's, it's certainly needed because I think we learned a lot in a loss about the Jet quarterback going forward. Yeah, and listen, when he left the game, Here's the difference, Jake. Joe Flacco fumbles the football. And I mean, it was such a dumb fumble because he was getting hit from both sides. And, you know, everyone will say this is why Zach should be backup. And we'll talk about that, whether that should be the case. But Flacco just I mean, that's a big fumble. It leads to a Bills field goal. I mean, he takes the sack there. The Bills might not score. Maybe this is a different football game. But I mean, it shows you when Mike White's not in the game, problems ensue. And that was an inexcusable fumble and then Michael Carter that fumble the Jets are driving they're about to be in the red zone and Carter fumbles it they're right on the cusp there he runs for five yards it's about to be a first down at the Buffalo 23 with just over five minutes to go you score there two-point conversion 20 to 17 it's a brand new game but he fumbles it and that's another layer of this game Jake is that Michael Carter that was his longest run of the day and he fumbled it other than that four rushes zero yards that's hard to do and he's a guy that's you know pretty much lost his job to Bam Knight, who looked great and got his first career touchdown. But you saw when Mike White wasn't out there. A fumble by the backup quarterback, a fumble by the backup running back, and that's your ball game. Yeah, you know you really saw on like Flacco's five snaps. Like it's it's crazy that that contributed more towards the loss than any of the snaps from Mike White. I mean, this game came down to just critical errors. I mean, specifically the ones at the end of both halves. I mean, C.J. Mosley's brain fart jumping off sides on fourth and one directly leads a couple plays later to the Dawson Knox touchdown that puts the Jets down 7 nothing at halftime. You mentioned- and what is he doing there, Jake? Like, because that's a veteran, and we've seen him make mental mistakes like that before, but he's like the veteran, the captain of your defense. You should know that that was all a play. Like, that was either going to be – a delay a game, a timeout. I don't think they were ever snapping that and putting Knox there, you know, completely fooled him. That's not a play 
a mistake you see from a veteran like CJ, who's making more money than anyone else on that defense. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, he had a bad game. I, you know, you know, it's crazy. I actually, I retract that. He actually, I thought, played pretty well besides that one play. That's what makes it more frustrating. Michael Carter, team captain as well. That fumble, huge uh, turning point in this game. Who knows what happens, as you brought up, if Michael Carter doesn't fumble when they're driving late. And, and really, you know, as great as this, de- as this Jets defense is, and they were really good today, you'd sign for holding Josh Allen to under 150 passing yards. You know, uh, Sauce Gardner. Gardner continues his all pro season. Diggs didn't really beat them. Gabe Davis didn't really beat them, but the bills were able to win the turnover battle. Josh Allen did not turn the ball over today. That was huge. That was the one thing the defense maybe had to do if they were going to find a way to win. And you know, the jets turned it over twice and you turn the ball over twice. Other team you're playing doesn't, you're not going to go into Buffalo as a 10 point road underdog and, and win that game. And, and despite all these issues, the issues with the protection, the mistakes, you only lost by eight and you did have a chance with the ball late to make something happen. So I still feel overall pretty good about where this team is headed. But man, these last two games, you just won one of them. You feel a lot better about going to the playoffs. You feel like you're in the playoffs at that point. Now, you know, it's going to be a dogfight down the stretch to try and get to at least 10 wins against yourself in. I know I'm going to have nightmares till Mets opening day. And then the nightmares will go away because the Mets are the best team in baseball uh, and going to win the 2023 World Series. Are they? Uh, Yeah. I mean, the best rotation of baseball. Absolutely stacked. Cody Sanga. You can listen to that on the Amazing But True podcast with me and Nelson Figueroa. But uh, we're going to have nightmares because if this team loses by one game, we're going to think, oh, what happened? Minnesota, if they punch that ball in this game, if Joe Flacco doesn't fumble it, if Carter doesn't fumble it, and they still don't have time to redeem themselves, but they are on the cusp here. And that's kind of the encouraging sign. Yeah, you can look at it like, oh, man, if they miss it by one game, look at what happened. Listen, the Bills were my are my favorite to go to the Super Bowl. They were my preseason pick to go to the Super Bowl. And they nearly beat them a second time on the road. And something we didn't even mention. The conditions sucked. Zach yeah. Wilson wants to talk about wind. It was rainy. It was snowy. It was nasty out there. And I don't want to use that as an excuse for Carter fumbling and every and the offensive line play being atrocious. But that's something that you have to consider in this game. Mike White went up against a Super Bowl contender on the road, in conditions, packed stadium, raucous atmosphere, terrible pressure, you know, coming at him all day and found a way to keep the Jets in this football game. And I think Jets fans should be encouraged by that. Yeah, Mike White, once again, I'll repeat what I said earlier. He's the least of their problems. In fact, he's part of their solution. He's better right now than Zach Wilson. And I say this, you know, I was accused of being a Zach Wilson truther at the beginning of the year. And now apparently uh, I'm a Mike White truther. I'm not saying Mike White is the long-term answer at quarterback for the Jets. What I am saying is he gives them the best chance to win. And he's earned the opportunity here to play these last four games. And then we see where they're at at the end of the year. Everyone talks about, well, you might need to go get Jimmy G or Derek Carr. Well, what if you have a cheaper option already on your roster that's one of your own that you could pay this offseason in Mike White? We don't know. He's made six career starts, Jake, and in five of them, he's looked pretty good. The only bad game he had was that Bills game a year ago, and today he went out there against that same team on the road despite having to lead the game twice with injuries. He gave them a chance. I mean, that's all you want your quarterback to do, and, and now you come home for two games against the Lions, who are a good team, but the Jets still need to win that game, and Jacksonville, you put yourself in position by winning your home games here to go to the postseason. And you go from there, but the doom and gloom by someone in this fan base after a loss to a Bills team today, I just can't go there. Given what the expectations were for this Jets team, we all were assigned to be seven and six with a chance to have two winnable home games coming up to put yourself in position to go to the playoffs. There will be a reason for doom and gloom if you lose to the Lions next week. And listen, the Lions won again. They've won, what, five of six games now. They're playing some of the best football in the NFL. There are no pushover. Jared Goff is a very good quarterback on on a team that was bad up until the last month. 
and they've worked themselves in the playoff race. So this game is huge for both sides, especially in the NFC now, which is very much up for grabs after the Jets opponent in Seattle, the Seahawks lost to the Carolina Panthers, who, by the way, also are in a playoff race in a terrible division after Tom Brady got absolutely dismantled today in, in that a- NFC South, which is an absolute dreadful division this year. But no matter who the quarterback is, if it's Mike White, if it's Joe Flacco, if it's Zach Wilson, there's reason to be doom and gloom if you lose a third straight because we pointed to these two weeks as must-wins coming up. Games you you circle, you win, and then try and win in Seattle or try and win in Miami, get to 10, and let the cards fall where they may. But there will be doom and gloom, you know, at least from me, maybe not Kaz. You know, Kaz might have a, a vacation come a little bit sooner if the Jets lose to Detroit next week. But there will be doom and gloom if you lose next week. Hey, Robert Sala said after the game, they're going back. So they're going to be back in Buffalo at some point. I hope he's right. I mean, that would be obviously wild card weekend if the Bills were the two seed, the Jets were the seven. That'd be the matchup. And you can't sit there and tell me the Jets wouldn't have any chance in that game. They absolutely would have a chance. And the two games against the Bills this year, they held Josh Allen at 20 points and 17 points. That should have been enough to find a way to win really both those games. At least they got the first game. And I saw a crazy stat before we started recording, Jake. In games not against the Jets, the Bills offense averages 28 points per game. You look their averages overall it's a lot less because of the two performances he put up uh, against this Jets defense the the defense did its part there were a couple plays here or there we could point to but defense certainly played well enough to win today just the protection they have to clean that up you got Aiden Hutchinson and the Lions defensive line coming to town next week it starts there give Mike White time to run this offense and I think over these last three games he's proven he's certainly competent and certainly capable of getting the ball to these playmakers that they have if he can play, you know, you're riding with this guy the rest of the way. And like we said, you said the defense was incredible. And that Mosley penalty pisses me off because I really don't think they were snapping that ball. Maybe Knox snaps it. Did you think they would just take the delay a game or time out there? hundred percent. I thought it was take the delay game to get the punter more room. Like, And I just, I, I'm shocked a veteran like CJ Mosley made that mistake. It, it's a killer mistake. It, is it the only reason why they lost today? No, but you expect better from the leader of the defense, the captain uh, of your team to make that type of error. And he didn't jump. He he jumped like he legit jumped. He didn't just jump off sides. He literally jumped in the air. You almost only see that on field goals. Like that is a rare moment where you see a linebacker jump over a defensive line. So just an eager beaver by the, there by CJ Mosley. Like you said, the defense. Now what the defense didn't do and what we're going to need to see, especially against the Lions here, because Jared Goff will take shots down the field. We got to see turnovers, man. We got to see them poke a ball out. We got to see someone make a pick. They didn't have many interception opportunities against the Bills, but they have to turn the ball over because, listen, we saw special teams make that big play. Jermaine Johnson, as a backup you know, defensive end, you got to be good on special teams. you got to make an impression there. He did, although I kind of I wish he picked it up or had a chance to pick it up in the end zone because that also changed the game, but nothing you could do there. But, you know, the special team did their job. They made a big play there. The defense has to do the same. And maybe I'm not asking for a pick six, Jake, but, you know, do one of the old punches of the ball or have, you know, Reed or someone intercept the ball. They need that. Yeah, it's tough to be critical of the defense overall because they're a big reason why the team is where they are. But if there is one criticism of the defense, and I want to make it very clear, Jeff fans, I love this defense. I'm not being that critical. They have a great defense. But for them to get to the Niners level, for them to get to that next level, you do have to force some turnovers. Go back now to the last several games. They haven't had that many turnovers against New England in that 
you know, dreadful Zach Wilson performance, the one thing the defense could have done that day is maybe force a turnover. They didn't do it. You go back to the game against the Bears. They had the one interception late where C.J. Mosley had that interception. The game was over at that point. Okay, fine. You won the game, whatever. Go back last week against Minnesota. Yeah, you're only allowed seven points in the second half. But Kirk Cousins, he usually will give you that turnover. You didn't get it last week. Today, Josh Allen tied for the NFL in interceptions this season. You didn't get that turnover today. You know, it, it could easy. It could be an interception. Could be a fumble recovery. Whatever. That's the next thing this defense has to do now down the stretch if they're going to take it to another level and get this team into the playoffs. And about Mike White, and I'll let you. I want you to talk about this because I know in your YouTube show you had the Zach Wilson truthers come out. Uh, we'll send a PSA here from Jake and Jake to Jets fans. Mike White is the Jets quarterback the rest of the season. If he is healthy, he is better than Zach Wilson. He is better than Joe Flacco. He will start next week as long as his ribs are still intact and he can play. I don't want to hear Mike White was the problem, and I don't want to hear Zach Wilson will be better. I don't care what Zach Wilson's one record was as five and two as Jets quarterback. I don't care what Mike White's record is as one and two. If you're a competent football fan and you've watched the offense with Zach Wilson and you've watched the offense with Zach White, as I can't even say their names, Mike White and Zach Wilson, you will notice the offense operates 10,000 times better with Mike White. He makes the simple throws. He gets the first downs. He gets rid of the football and he does everything better than Zach Wilson does. So when both are healthy, Mike White's the quarterback. That's your message to the Zach Wilson truthers. Tell me about the fights you were having on YouTube with yours. Oh, it's continuing on Twitter right now. Let me read you a tweet from some moron on Twitter. Jets read them all. Jets equals 0-2 previous two weeks because of zero touchdowns from White. He stinks. It's Strebler who deserved an opportunity to replace Zach Wilson, not Mike White, because Chris Strebler kicked Mike White's ass throughout all three preseason games and looked awesome while doing it. You have preseason! A lot of, you, you have a lot of delusion in this family. Call their Twitters out because I want to hear the use roast them. Call their usernames out. <laughs> I don't I, I don't I don't know if we have time to go through all of them, but I, I this is the type of stuff I was dealing with on YouTube from some. I know it's not all. I think most Jeff fans realize Mike White right now gives this team the best chance to win, period. If your takeaway these last three games is not that Mike White is better than Zach Wilson, get your eyes fixed. Venmo, send me your Venmo, and I'll and I will personally Venmo you to go to the eye doctor to get them looked at because hold on, eyes- don't, don't, you gotta be careful because those those co those co-payments. Are, are a lot of money, Jake. You, you better have some good health insurance provided for them. I mean, it's just the delusion. And then the only <laughs> argument a Zach Wilson truther, as I like to call them, can say is, oh, well, Zach's five and two. Mike White's one and two. And it makes no sense because how many games did Zach Wilson not play great that the Jets were able to still win? And here's the stat I'll throw back at all the idiots that are the Zach Wilson truthers. What's Zach Wilson's record without Brees Hall on the Jets? It's one and two. It's the same as Mike White, right? Brees Hall got hurt in the Denver game. Then Zach melted down the first time against New England, played well against the Bills, and then had the two yards of total offense in the second half against New England, which landed him on the bench in the first place. Brees Hall helped Zach Wilson win a lot of games at the beginning of the season. And I don't want to knock Zach. I like Zach. He's only started 20 games. He's got a ton of talent. But right now, he needs a reset. He needs to sit, learn, and hopefully come back stronger if he does get another opportunity. I think he should be the number two next week. I can't I can't ever see Joe Flacco again. I might have a stroke if that happens, Jake. But it's Mike White's team. He's earned the opportunity here. He's he started six career games. He's been impressive in five of them. Give him a chance and, and let's see what he could do down the stretch. It's a, just a different offense with him. And like uh Connor and Kaz said on the last show, 
We did. They said we all look at the the box score from the fourth quarter in Pittsburgh. That was the quarter for Zach Wilson. That was the game, but it was really just the quarter that he exploded and looked like the guy and the reason that the Jets took him number two. Outside of that, we haven't seen the consistency from Zach. We've seen a run game, some big plays here and there, some key throws he's made. Other than that, there's been no consistency. So if you throw that fourth quarter out the window, it's uh, you know, it's a different Zach Wilson completely. It's bad. All they do is bring up Zach Wilson's record. So then my response to my YouTube show earlier was, okay, well, Zach Wilson's record without Brees Hall is one and two. I mean, what are we doing here? Like, and I'm not anointing Mike White either. Like, I think I have a very rational take as do you. We want to see what he could do here down the stretch and we'll evaluate what they need to do after that. But I'm sorry, man. You can't watch these last three games and your takeaway is, yep, if Zach Wilson played, the record would be flipped. It wouldn't. They might be 0-3 with the way Zach was playing if if they continued to roll out Zach Wilson over the last three weeks. As a big Cobra Kai fan, I appreciated Tony Romo's uh, Daniel LaRusa reference. Obviously, karate kid for the for the old time folks, but the newer generation. You're a Cobra Kai fan, Jake? So I, I, I've i been meaning to get into it because I am a big Karate Kid fan. You know, Ralph Macho, I met him at an Islander game years ago. So I'm a big fan of the Karate Kid, but I did appreciate the reference from Tony today as well. I did sit with him and his son at a Mets game once, Ralph, who was a big Islander, as big. Uh, he's a Jets fan, I think. Jets, Islanders and Mets fans. So good dude and great show. So you should watch it. Anyways, Mike White, we need you back. And you mentioned it. Joe Flacco would give you a stroke. Well, we don't want you to get a stroke, Jake. If uh, Mike White can't play. You start Zach Wilson. Yes, I absolutely would. I mean, he, he's got to play, and he's playing a, a, a Lions defense that's below league average. He, he's got to play. I, I think they will play him if it came down to that as well. We can't put Flacco out there. I'd rather see Strembler before I see Joe Flacco again. He can't move, and with the state of this offensive line, what's the argument to put Joe Flacco out there? And five snaps today, Joe Flacco played a big role, uh, You know, played a big part in how they were able to lose this game, which is just – Unacceptable. I do think Mike White's going to play, though, Jake. The fact that he flew home with the team, the fact that he was able to come back into this game twice, I'd be very surprised with a week to get ready. He's not out there next Sunday against the Lions. I don't know. I'm not as convinced as you because I think he's going to want to play. It's going to be if the medical staff will clear him. He could not run. I mean, when they had to go no huddle, he was doing his best to get up the field, but the guy couldn't move. I think that was all guts and glory and determination that kept him and brought him back in that football game, Jake. But I'm not as convinced as you that he's going to play. And listen, I hope he does, because I do not want to see Zach Wilson back out there. And it also puts you in an interesting spot. If Mike can play, you have to consider three active quarterbacks next week, because you can't be in a situation. Because listen, what if Flacco on that sack? He was hurt, too. Braxton Berrios is your quarterback. So you might have to have one less, you know, active special teams player and keep three quarterbacks active. I think that's got to be in the plan uh, for next week. Well, let me ask you this. What gives you hesitancy about Mike White not being able to play? He flew back with the team. They said that everything checked out x-ray-wise. Salah said that he was cleared medically to obviously finish the game, and they brought him to the hospital out of precaution. I, I think he finished it because he he said, you know what, I'm coming back in. I don't know if he was able to. You, I mean, he could not. He couldn't run, Jake. If he, if he had a run for a first down, he physically was unable to do it. Now, treatment over the next five days, he could be fine. But if the quarterback can't run up the field, you can't play him next week. Well, if he could stand in there in the pocket and and deliver, like no, he's not a mobile quarterback to begin. He's not Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson's got way more athleticism. I don't know. I'm just I, I can't be too concerned about it. I mean, Salah said he's good to go. They brought him to the hospital for precaution reasons, and if they found anything, he wouldn't be allowed to fly with the team. So I I, I hope I'm right. I just 
I, I, I just, so. I'm not overly concerned about him being available for next week at, at this given point in time. Do you agree with the three active quarterbacks? Yeah, I, I, I mean, if if there's some if he's like listed as like questionable, I think you got to have a third quarterback active. But if he's fully cleared to go, like he's not even on the injury report, I think you have Mike White starting, and I think Zach Wilson needs to be the backup. It'll be interesting because do they make the change and activate him? So far, he's just been chilling with. Uh, he looked like he was very uncomfortable on the sidelines today. I mean, the conditions are bad. But he he had his face covered. I mean, it was rough out there. It's gonna be interesting because I I don't know. I'm on the fence. I I don't like Joe Flacco. I don't. He's not the answer. But in some ways, he does operate the offense better than Zach Wilson does. Uh, I know he had a small sample size today, and that fumble was key. But I mean, we've seen Joe Flacco do a lot more with the receivers like Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore than Zach Wilson did. So I don't know. I wouldn't hate Flacco being active in the backup. Um, the decision will. He you can't move. It? He can't right. move. And today Flacco had Tyler Conklin open for a touchdown. He he airmails it over the guy's head. It's just it, you can't. You can't. And Zach Wilson, hopefully with a three-game reset, if he is needed next week, could come in and take advantage of his opportunity. Tua got benched and he came back better from it. So I'm not ready to give up completely on Zach Wilson. He's the second pick in the draft. He needs to be the backup next week. Good news from Sunday is Garrett Wilson continues to still be him. Another big day from him. An incredible move, that little pivot he did uh, to get the first down today. And now, Jake, he is the Jets' all-time rookie franchise leader for receiving yards. I love this kid. And no matter who's the quarterback, well, I guess Zach uh, has not been good. But otherwise, anyone else who's thrown to him, he is still continuing to be special to watch week in and week out as the number one receiver. And they're going to need it because, listen, if Corey Davis can't play next week, this offense is a lot better with Corey Davis. I know some people will say otherwise, and he's had some big drops, and he's overpaid, but I think Corey Davis would be a big loss if he's not ready, so that's another guy. But Garrett Wilson continued week in and week out. He has at least one or two plays that continue to amaze you. No question. I mean, when was the last time the Jets had a homegrown wide receiver this good? Seriously, Garrett Wilson is on his way to being the best wide receiver that the Jets have ever drafted. Don Maynard was not drafted by the Jets. So when you think of it in that context, I mean, Garrett Wilson's has all the talent in the, in the world to, to stake that claim if he continues on his trajectory moving forward. I mean, he's sensational. And seven targets today, not enough. Not enough. Garrett Wilson needs to be targeted 10-plus times every single game that he's out there. It wasn't enough. He's so good, and if Corey Davis is going to be banged up now with the concussion, you got to see more Elijah Moore as well. Can we stop with the end arounds to Berrios? Can we stop with some of these targets going to Braxton Berrios and find a way to utilize Elijah Moore in this offense as well? And where are the tight ends, man? Where's C.J. Uzama? We can't find him some more opportunities here. He had a great catch last week against Minnesota. So Mike LaFleur has got to get back to the drawing board here with some of these play calls and, and find a way to better get the ball in the hands of the playmakers that are on this team. I say a week in and week out. It's been a common theme for me on this show, Jake, is that Michael first play calling is very, very questionable. Like you said, CJ, two targets. We came into the season thinking the Jets have not they got two tight ends. They brought in, they have a third in Ruckert that they drafted. This could be an incredible, you know, 10 plus target a, a week to, to the tight end group. Conklin had eight targets today. But CJ's got to get more. I was so excited when they got CJ, and I like him as a person. He's fun. Um, you know, he's he's a good blocker, but he's got to get more targets. I don't think we saw one tight end screen today. I don't think we saw one running back screen today. And to your point, Elijah Moore, we didn't see one end around today to Elijah Moore. So 
you need to mix those in once or twice and see what happens. Worst case, they don't work. But when you have a quarterback that's limping up the field, that's getting rocked, when your offensive line is doing nothing, there was absolutely no trickery today, and there's no excuse for that. Yeah, and they got to be more balanced as well. Like Bam Knight should be getting 18 to 25 touches per week. Uh, Ty Johnson maybe should get an opportunity to get some touches out there. Like there just needs to be more balanced to this team. I mean, they're throwing way too much. I understand they're trailing in the game and whatnot, but like establish the run. And you really have something here with Bam Knight, who deserves a tremendous amount of praise for what he's been able to do here. But it's just I'm very frustrated overall with Mike LaFleur. I mean, I'm sorry, just not enough targets for Garrett Wilson. Uh, it's seemingly no adjustments to the protection. I mean, Leslie Frazier coached circles around Mike LaFleur did today. And it's just, it's unacceptable. I mean, I know Von Miller is really good, but guess what? He wasn't there today. And the Bills defensive line still wrecked this game. So just uh, t- t- top to bottom, they got to go back to the drawing board here this week before they face a Lions team that they should have no problem moving the ball against. I know they're playing well right now, but expect the Jets defense to give you a chance because they do it every week, and it's on the offense to find a way to get it done against a below-average defense that they're facing. I blame Lafleur for a lot of stuff because when certain things aren't operating, you have to get creative. And when the run game is not getting consistent carries, when your run game is carrying the ball consistently, you're getting 25, 30 carries a game. That helps the offensive line. They develop some cohesion and some confidence that they don't do not have right now. And they suck today because again, 58 attempts last week, 44, 47 this week, uh, 48. If you want to include the sack on Joe Flacco too, 48 attempts this week. And these weren't blowouts. Yeah. The Vikings game was a blowout, but it was still so early in the game. They cannot keep going away from the run, and I agree with you. Ty Johnson, zero carries today. If Michael Carter doesn't have it, you have a third running back there. I just don't get it, and I know Bam didn't dominate the run game. 17 for 71. Congrats on his first career touchdown. Um, You know, another strong game from him, but, you know, confidence in your run game and consistency, you know, running the football is going to get that passing game going, and it's going to allow this offensive line to develop some cohesion because they had guys coming in and out today. You know, fan came came out of this game. Mike Remmers was in there and he got blown up. He sucks. Uh, and then unfortunately, the Max Mitchell, you know, we hope he's okay with the blood clots. He's done for the year. That was a big loss to the depth of this offensive line. But there needs to be more cohesion in the in the play calling, and that's gonna lead to cohesion in the offensive line, Jake. And I'll tell you another thing, Jake, that drives me nuts. When they go empty sets in this offense and they don't even have the illusion that maybe they might run the ball, when they don't even have the illusion that they could leave a blocker in, dare I say, or running back in, dare I say, to block. And another play call that drives me nuts by Mike LaFleur, how often are the Jets going to run out of a shotgun set? Run power. Run up the gut. Run to the outside. Run out of the eye form. Single back. Whatever. I'll use all the Madden playbook terms I learned growing up. Like, do something that is not from the shotgun. I mean, I counted maybe one run today where Zonovan Knight cut to the right side out of the gun that actually produced four or five yards on one of his carries. I I just think it's a wasted play. Line up under center and run the football. I I don't understand why they try to complicate things in in the running attack. It just line up and run. That's how you beat the Bills last time doing it. And they went away from it way too quickly today. Yeah, on top of not running it enough, it's, it hasn't got creative on the run either. So Mike LaFleur, you know, it's every week with this guy. It's uh, Listen, we can always blame a coach and a coordinator and play calling, but we have a right to here. When you have an offense that that is moving the ball, that has shown us signs that they can be effective, it frustrates you when he doesn't get creative. You, you know, a lot of this 
coaches take blame and deservedly so. And I'm going to put some blame on them. Anyway, seven and six, the Jets right now are still in the final playoff spot. You know, we're rooting for the Arizona Cardinals, Jake, on Monday night. Go Cardinals. Go Kyler. We need another Patriots loss. But they're still in position here to make the playoffs. Here's the issue that happened is that the Ravens won with a backup quarterback on Sunday at Huntley. They win. So they stay where they are in the standings. The Bengals beat the Browns, so they stay where they are. They're nine and four. That's going to hurt the Jets. Um, I guess it'll depend on conference record. I think the Chargers would take the Jets' spot there. So while you're listening to this, the Jets are the seventh seed, but it might be outdated by the time you hear this podcast on Monday. But it's tight, man. And the Chargers, they still have the Titans, Colts, Rams, Broncos. That's one tough game. And the Titans, they lost. They're going to win the division easily because that division sucks. Um, I've said it over and over. It could end up coming down to the final week in Miami. If Miami finds a way to lose another one, they get to six losses. Jets are at seven losses. It could be a win and in in Miami, uh, which would be pretty, pretty interesting, Jake, if that happens. All right, do the Jets make the playoffs? Yes or no? Yeah, I've said all along they will, even if they lost today. I, I think it's I think it's a simple path. I still think the Chargers, you can't rule out them chargering it up down the stretch. They have proven nothing. I think their head coach is vastly overrated in Brandon, Brandon Staley. So we'll see. Look, Jake, the path is is pretty simple. I think 10 wins should do it. Got to win these two home games coming up. You don't, you don't beat the Lions next Sunday. You're not going to be taken seriously as a playoff team. You got to beat Detroit in your own building next week and then Short week at home. MetLife should be rocking. Beat the Trevor Lawrence-led Jaguars on Thursday Night Football. You win those two games, you're at 9-6. and You mean to tell me the Jets can't then go out there and beat Seattle, who just lost at home to Carolina, who lost at home to the Raiders earlier today? That's a winnable game for the Jets as well. Win the next three. You hope to God that it doesn't come down to Week 18 against Miami, but if it does, so be it. You beat them once already. You got a great defense. Find a way. It's all right in front of the Jets to end this playoff drought, which is the longest in the NFL. It's all right in front of them, despite how frustrating today's loss was. Yeah, and how about that? Geno Smith coming back down to earth. Sam Darnold taking down Geno Smith. Seattle is not looking like they were, but I don't think these two games are shoe-ins like we might have thought three weeks ago. I mean, they're not. They're, nothing's a shoe-in when you're, when you're talking about the Jets. But if you're serious about being a playoff team, you win both those games. Uh, you're, the defense should be able to dominate these next two teams that they're playing. Like, Jared Goff's not going to go out there and torch you. You need Mike White and his offensive line to step up and go out there and win the game next week. And then short week, Trevor Lawrence, who lost to this Jets team a year ago, like, I, I can't sit here and worry about that game. If they lose those games, they don't deserve to go to the playoffs anyway. Those got to be must-wins if they're serious about ending this drought. If not, they can always go Sunday nights on uh, AM 1240 WGBB, where we started, <laughs> Jake. What a long road. That you know that the signal of that studio was staticky outside of the building, which was like, wow, what a full circle moment. Here we are. We were paying for airtime to be on the radio, and now we're getting paid to do this. What a turn of events. What how far we've come, Jake Aspen. It's an honor to be on the uh the gangs all here pod with you, Jake. I mean, we've we've come a long way from paying for uh, airtime on a signal that didn't work. <laughs> really, it was rough. It was a dump of a studio. It was rough there. I mean, we we have come a long way indeed. Jake Aspen at Jake Aspen on Twitter, ESPN 97 Houston weekdays, three to seven central. Check out the Jake Aspen show on YouTube where you'll see him fighting with callers and, and Zach Wells and truthers. Um, and rightfully so, Jake, I'll close out the show next, but thanks for uh, 
coming and filling in for cause today. My pleasure. Cause feel better. And uh, Jets are winning the next two, Jake. That's a guarantee. The Jets will be in position after winning the next two games to have a chance to still make the playoffs. It's not over for the Jets, despite a very frustrating last two games. Jake Asman says 10 and seven Jets in the playoffs. And I'll agree because we're keeping it positive and they got to win the next two. We'll close out gangs all here next. A lot of credit. Mike White, he was a soldier, bro. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All righty. Thanks to Jake Asman doing a great job filling in for Brian Costello on episode 129 of Gangs All Here, our Jets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Andrew Hartz and the intern Josh Crawford for helping me produce the show. I'm going to start doing something different here on the close of the show versus the robotic subscribe, which you should subscribe to Gangs All Here wherever you get podcasts. Subscribe to the New York Post Sports YouTube and follow me on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio. Do all that. But I want to do something different where I kind of talk about the week that was in New York. If you follow me on Twitter or Instagram, you see I'm out and about a lot at different places, different spots in New York. And would love to just talk about the week that was and have a little fun here. Wrap up gangs all here. First off, remember Tyler Conklin mentioned Labaradin, the restaurant, French restaurant on the podcast. Me and producer Andrew Hartz went there. Hartz, you can confirm with me. One of the best meals of my entire life. The meat, I forget what the name of the meat was, but it was tremendous. The meal was tremendous. The escargot was tremendous. So shout out to Mike and LeBaradin for one of the best meals I've ever had. That stuff, let me tell you, man, I could not get over how well fed we were that night. And even going back to the escargot and yeah, that steak was ridiculous. Uh, The frites were great. Even the dessert they came out with, the creme brulee and everything, man, dude, I, I I'm still dying to go back and get another helping of all that amazing food they got there. You see why the Jets go there. You see why CJ Ozama shouted them out on the Jets YouTube. You see why Tyler Conklin shouted it out on our podcast when we had him on. So shout out to LeBaron and that was great. Jingle Ball Friday. I went to the concert Z100, if you know Jingle Ball. And it was a true I feel old moment. Shout out to my buddy Crystal Rosas from Z100, the afternoon host. She killed it. She was on stage slaying, looking great. When Backstreet Boys comes on and Hearts, you know I'm a big Backstreet Boys fan. And who isn't? Backstreet Boys is truly iconic. I felt old when the kids in front of me, by the way, a lot of kids. Then you get it, Z100. It's families in the cars. A lot of kids going. Backstreet Boys, you know, I want it that way. Backstreet's back. The classics are coming on. These kids, by the way, are standing for songs I had heard of. When the classics come on, they're sitting and have no idea what these songs were. And I'm 31. I'm not that old. And I think kids in their 20s know these classic Backstreet Boys. But when these kids were sitting and had no idea about Backstreet's Back All Right, it was a moment where I was like, I don't know if I should be here or these kids need to get cultured by their parents. Because if you don't know classics like those, I'm concerned. I think it's just bad parenting at that point. Jake, that's the same feeling I get whenever I hear that song from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air that comes on where it's da, 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 da. And Apache, like, yeah. Apache, yeah. And like, they'll flash to kids in the stand and whatnot, and they're not doing the dance, and then they flash to people our age, and they're doing it. I'm like, man, I feel old, because that, that dance goes with that song. So I can only imagine being at Jingle Ball, hearing 
classic Backstreet Boys, and yet these kids have no desire and, and they don't care. It's like these are these were songs of our youth, man, and it's like good for Backstreet Boys that they're still doing the damn thing, but like. Come on, kids, be better than that. Well, the funniest part is that when they did their Christmas song, where like the true fans were booing, they did their new Christmas song. The kids got up and they knew that. It like came out last week, so they heard that, but they didn't know Backstreet's back all right. They liked the one song I was hoping they weren't going to do, and they did, but didn't know the classic. So that bothered me. And fun fact I did interview the Sugar Hill gang in their dressing room at BB King's, which is now closed. That was in Times Square. Me, my brother who loved them in their dressing room, passing a cell phone around to interview them on my old podcast with CBS. The Mets making moves, and I said it on Amazing But True. Listen with me, Nelson Figueroa, Kode Sanga. They do an emergency show, but they did it. We basically said it's going to happen, and it did. Sanga's a Met. The Mets probably have the best starting rotation in baseball right now. But of course, the hour I shut my phone, Robertson and Nimmo, both signings happen while my phone is off as I'm in MJ, the musical. And I'll close with this. What a show. A lot of people have talked about it. Miles Frost was absolutely remarkable. The thriller scene was remarkable. The music was great. And seeing it with my family, shout out to my family. Saw it with my brother, his fiance, and my mom and dad. And my mom was crying during the Man in the Mirror scene. But what a show. So MJ the Musical, I'll shout that out to close it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will talk to you on Thursday as we preview the Jets matchup with the Detroit Lions at MetLife Stadium. Thanks, everybody, for listening to Gangs All Here. We'll talk to you Thursday. Mike White and his brass balls.